This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, last week, we had my friend Dick Messer on the show for one lousy segment. And I said, all right, we got to get Dick Messer back on the show. And (laughs) for those that have known Dick for years that have listened to this show, we've been on the air for almost 30 years now. And uh, Dick Messer was on our show all the time because we used to do the show from the Peterson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles, where Dick Messer was the director. He's now director emeritus, but he's a big classic car guy. He's worked with a lot of the different concours, and I've gone to his home now in in, uh, Florida where they have Amelia Island. Are Are you still on the board over there? Are you still work with Amelia Island, Dick? I'm still on the board of Amelia Island Concours, but the Amelia Island Concours has been sold to Haggerty. Oh, no, really? When did this happen? Yeah, uh, about two weeks ago. Oh, my God, so breaking news. We had, we had the 26th annual Amelia Island Concours just just finished. We, we had it uh, in June because of the, the virus. Right. And uh, we had it last year also. At the very, very beginning, just before the virus hit, we had the uh, Concord. But in the meantime, Haggerty, the insurance company, has been on a, a tear to buy up some of these Concords. Amazing. And uh, the deal got good, and uh, Bill Warner, who owned the, con- the, the, the yeah. copyright for the Concords, thought it was time to go. He'd done 26 years. Right. Made a very successful uh, Concords out of it. It's one of the best in the world. Yeah. And uh, well, nobody good. told me to go home yet. <laughs> so I'm still... <laughs> I'm still on the board, and uh, we've done we've done very well. That's good. Well, and he's he's talking about Haggerty. McKeel Haggerty is a friend of both yours and mine. He's a relatively young guy, got a bunch of little kids, and Haggerty Classic Car Insurance. Probably, my guess is they're probably the biggest and the best at what they do. Oh, I definitely think so. Yeah, and and they've hired a lot of our friends along the way. I mean, the editor of Road and Track Magazine, Larry Webster, works over there. And people, a buddy of mine that used to work at Audi that was the head of... the head of communications for Audi now works at Haggerty and and on and on. It's amazing what they're doing, that brand. So congratulations. They've been scooping a lot of the the big players. Yeah, for sure. uh, I don't know exactly what the end game is other than to own these events and to, uh, you know, get the public to come and enjoy, you know, and the Island Concourse is certainly good, but, but uh, it's nothing without Bill Warner. Yeah. Well, hopefully Bill, hopefully he'll stay involved and you will stay involved. And a lot of the, uh, the, um, I I just, the, the luminaries that, you know, make these events what they are, I don't know yeah. why you guys would want to not be involved. It's still one of the you know one of the most fun things you can do. Speaking of the one of the most fun things you can do, I sold my car this week, my Mustang GT500, and I put it up in auction. Yeah, and um, right at the last little bit, Richard Rawlings from Fast and Loud and Gas Monkey Garage, I called him and I go, "Hey, do me a favor. I go, uh, I'm going to send you a link. Will you share that? And let me just tell you, that guy has four and a half million followers on facebook on his gas monkey garage 
Facebook page, and then another four and a half million, or maybe it's the same four and a half million, but it's split because you got to like both pages. The guy's got four and a half million people that follow him pretty religiously. So as soon as he posted it, he posted it about two and a half hours before the auction was uh, planned to be over because it was an online auction at autohunter.com. And uh, 10,000 views in a matter of like an hour. <laughs> that's My God. that's the power of social media. So anyway, yes, I sold it. I'm going to take a break here. I'll tell you what I sold it for and kind of how the whole process went for me. Uh, the guy that bought it, oh, just the whole story is great. We're talking with Dick Messer. We're going to catch up. It's been a long time since we've been talking. And I want to get his take on what's going on in the classic car world today. This is The Drive. We'll be right back and talk cars here on The Drive. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America and around the world. Thanks to our friends at the Collector Car Network. And that includes ClassicCars.com. And Classic Cars uh, is also got an auction. So if you want to sell your car and just do a classified ad, ClassicCars.com. Uh, if you want to sell your car with an auction, you go to AutoHunter.com. And if you just want to read about cars, you can go to the journal. Um, these are where I hang now. Award-winning online automotive magazine. Nearly 600,000 monthly readers for the journal but uh so so dick messer's on the line and dick i know you're dying to know uh what i sold my car for because you had a yeah. parnelli jones and i'm curious before i tell you how did you sell your parnelli jones mustang when you put it up for sale recently we put it on those websites you just mentioned oh okay okay i called up and uh you know we made the deal and uh that was that there you go. it was all clean <laughs> i hated selling the car yeah those are great cars well, and, so uh, trust me, I owned my Mustang for a year, but because of the COVID and because of this entire kind of lockdown on bits and pieces that car manufacturers couldn't get, one of those car manufacturers, I, I guess aftermarket a little bit, was Shelby. They couldn't get the aftermarket carbon fiber hood and a bunch of other bits and pieces that they needed to make these special edition cars. So my car sat at Shelby for like eight months, eight or nine months, whatever it was from the time it got delivered directly from Ford Motor Company to Shelby. And there I waited for my signature edition package that they had. They had just kind of said to the world, we're going to make a hundred special edition cars and we're going to have a limited, you know, CSM numbers and all this stuff. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to do that. So then there it sat. But meanwhile, both my parents passed away. My whole life has kind of changed. My, I inherited a few cars from my dad. And, you know, it's like I looked at that car and I thought, this car needs to go to somebody who really, really, really wants a collectible car. So who do you think bought this car? First of all, I'll tell you, it brought 115000 okay, which I, I think it probably should have brought a little bit more. 
but I'm okay with that price. Um, it's a comfortable price. It's a comfortable price. Grand today. Right. No, it's it's a pile of money today. But uh, the guy who bought it was sitting in a Ford dealer thinking he had he had totaled his car. He told me he had totaled his car, and he has an old Explorer, and he was getting the oil change, and he was sitting in the waiting room, and he starts noodling around. He was looking at Mustangs and Shelby Mustangs, and then on Google, mine pops up, and he's like, oh, man, look at this. And so he went home, he did a little more research, and he bid on it for the first time that same day. And then, of course, the next day is when the auction went off, which was this last Tuesday. And uh, he bid on it twice, once the first bid and the second buying bid. And this guy was serious about buying it. So I, I call him up after he buys the car, and I go, look, I got so much provenance with this car. I got so much stuff. I mean, I've been documenting everything. I've got boxes of things, little knickknacks, and, you know, a member of this and a member of that club for Shelby, this and that. And he says, you know what? He goes, honestly, he goes, I think that's all great. He goes, but I just wanted to get the car to drive it. And I go, you're kidding me. <laughs> the one non-collector. <laughs> The one guy that doesn't care about any of that stuff. He doesn't even care that it's a serial number eight, a single digit serial number. That's just too funny, right? But he took all the stuff, right? He's, He's taken all, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, they haven't even picked it up yet. I'm going to ship it. He's in Florida. So all the way across the country. But yeah, it's so funny. He goes, I'm not going to sell it. I'm just going to keep it. And he goes, it's my middle-aged crazy car. He goes, I just, I wanted a car. He goes, and the way you described it and the car looks awesome. And it's so funny because anytime you have a car, and you know this better than anybody because you ran the museum, that you have a car that has a single-digit serial number, that thing is worth extra because of that. I mean, a lot extra. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. uh, and I probably could have run it through, uh, you know, one of the, like a January Barrett-Jackson. I would have had to have waited a little longer because it wasn't ready in January. And it may have brought 150 grand. Who knows? But because yeah. that's that's where the big money, the television, and all the stuff that's going on. But you know what? I put a reserve on it of 120, and I started thinking about it when it got up to 110 thousand. I thought, you know what? I'm okay. I'm all right. It's I want to let it go. I'm I'm done. I'm I'm kind of done playing with it. Kind of a for me to keep a car a year is a long time. I know that's not how you are, but you know me, Dick. That's a long <laughs> time for me to keep a car. No. So Most but, of my stuff's 10 to 15 years. Right. But the guy, you know, he's just the nicest guy. He's a CFO of a publicly held company. And he's telling me his daughter really loves the car. He's got a 20-year-old daughter. And, and I thought to myself, you know what? I'm so glad just a regular Joe bought this car because this car needs to be driven. You know me with my demon. I drove that thing all over the place. This car needs to be driven and enjoyed. And some of these folks, they put these cars... You know, they call them trailer queens. Like, for me, it was a trailer right. queen the whole time I had it. But these right. cars are just too awesome to let them sit in a garage. So I'm glad that somebody got it yeah. that's going to use it. Yeah. You know? It's not good for them. Not good for them no, to around. No, it really is not. Be driven. That's you exactly gotta, gotta right. Drive. Yep. So, listen, you asked me about my Viper, and I'm going to take another break, and then I want to tell you about that. And I want to ask you about your Z car, because I know okay. that you know that I told you when you sold that car that I wanted to buy it. So don't tell me because I don't want to cry over the commercial break. But Dick has okay. a, a 240Z that I've been jonesing after for years. And then he asked me about what did I do with my Viper? Both good stories. This is The Drive. We'll be right back. When I came home last night 
Brembo has been stopping champions on the track as well as drivers like you and me on the street for over 50 years. Whether it's UV-coated brake discs, low-dust premium ceramic brake pads, or high-temperature brake fluid, BremboStoreUSA.com is the place to go to buy genuine Brembo OE-equivalent replacement brake components. Go to BremboStoreUSA.com to help you achieve that 60-0 braking performance you deserve and expect from Brembo. Brembo, the choice of champions and consumers for over 50 years. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Brembo, the choice of champions, Brembo Brakes. Um, my Shelby had Brembo Brakes. My Demon had Brembo Brakes. Ferraris and Porsches and Lamborghinis have Brembo Brakes. If you want to buy them for your car, go to buybrembo.com. Dick Messer is joining us. Okay, Mr. Messer, you know I wanted that car. If you don't still own it, I'm going to be really upset. The Z car, I only saw it once when you drove it to work about, oh, I don't know, 10 years ago maybe at the Peterson yeah, Museum. Yeah, yeah, Do you still I have had that it? that car a long time. Do you still have it? Nope. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> it's, it's gone. It's gone. Oh, it, it went to a, an interested buyer. Yeah. A really, a really... Uh, a uh, guy that knew the car and knew all about the car and, and uh, oh. you know, that it was, it was a Bob Norskog car with a converted, uh, uh 350 Chevy in it. Oh. And, uh, it, the car me. was, was comfortable, fun to drive and all that. And, uh, the problem I had, Alan, and, and a lot of people have this problem is it got too many cars. I know. I you know. can't drive them all. I know. And they deteriorate. If they just sit, they de- deteriorate. I'm having a hell of a time with a car owned that, that have sat around in a shop. It shouldn't have stayed there that long, but uh, they had all kinds of problems with the car. It was there for five years. Cool. It finally got done, and the guy went to drive it, and the brakes went out. Oh, man. The yeah. brakes went out because uh, everything crudded up in the brake system, <laughs> and now we're going through that and getting that worked away. But the, the car can't just sit. It's got it's to move, and you know things got to circulate. Yep. No, I, it's just like people. The more you sit, the more you deteriorate. Yep. You know? Because they say yep. now yep. that sitting is the new smoking, just so you know. They're saying that, that it's that bad for yeah. you. And it's the same with a car. No, it's true. Yeah, right. It's true. Okay, so you asked me about my Viper, and because you sold the uh, the Z car, I'm just not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> no, I'll tell you. So I got to the point where it was either keep the car, because I had it for three and a half years, a 2016 Dodge Viper ACR, American Club Racer, big wing on it and everything. And I had a lot of fun with it. I put, I don't know, five 6,000 miles on it over a period of three and a half years. And then, of course, you know, I just thought, you know what? I'm not driving this car. And, and that bugs me. When I don't drive them, it bugs me. Yeah. It's like the car is calling me, and I'm, I'm not answering the, the phone call. You know what I mean? And it, I feel guilty. Right. And so I decided I put it, I put it on, um, instead of putting it on Auto Hunter, I put it on ClassicCars.com, which is a place of classified ads. And... I had a number of calls on it. And then, you know, it's different. When you have an auction, you don't have to deal with anybody. You literally put it up for auction and it sells or it doesn't. In my case, if I didn't, I don't think if I didn't drop the reserve, my Mustang probably may not have sold because 115, I had a reserve of 120. But I thought I'm just going to drop the reserve. And sure enough, I let it go at 115. But my Viper, 
I put it in there for 136 and I had only paid 130 for the car brand new. So I was being a little bold putting it in for 136 but at that moment in time, it was kind of the right time. Vipers were kind of trending upward, at least the ACR, and mine was a one of one. I'm really big into low serial numbers or a special edition one of one. So they yeah, had a, the ACR Viper. There aren't that many of them around. Is no, there? no, there's not. There's not. And then they don't make them anymore. So I put it in for 136. Right. And again, a guy from Florida, both cars went to Florida. The guy from Florida, he says, I want to come out and see that car. And I said, okay. So he comes out, and I pick him up at the airport with the car, and his girlfriend, he brings his girlfriend. I didn't know that's a two-seater. So anyway, I said, well, let me just take you for a little spin. Maybe she can just hang out for a second. And close to the airport is this country road. And let me tell you, Dick, this man will never be the same again. I took him on Mr. Toad's (laughs) wild ride so fast and so furious that it was insane. So then I took him back and followed him over to his hotel. And um, we sat there and talked for about an hour. He looked the car over and he said, okay, I'll take it. And that was it. He didn't offer me any less or anything. He just said, I'll take it. So I sold it. It's been about a year ago, just before I got this Mustang. And um, that's kind of my one big car that I get to buy every so often. But I got to tell you, what fabulous machines. We are so lucky to live in the day and age where you can, you know, 800 horsepower in that Mustang with pump gas and under warranty, emissions compliant. So I'm not, you know... I'm driving a pretty green machine, believe it or not. You know, I mean, in the scheme of things, and and well, still, we, we have we have, we have the guy that used to modify Vipers. I didn't know they modified that many Vipers at the factory. You know, oh. They had the production line, and they put the Vipers out, and they they roll down the production line, and they'd be sold. But the the special edition ones like yours, there was a special group of people that uh, that modified those cars. They'd go and, and get them off the production line and, right. and modify them. Right. Well, this gentleman ended up here again in Jacksonville. He moved to Jacksonville. Right. And uh, it's amazing the modifications they made to some of these Vipers. We had lunch the other day, and he, he went on for two, two, two and a half hours just regaling me with stories about how they wow. used to modify these Vipers, and you had one of them. Well, you know what's but, funny uh, is I got an email from the president of Dodge, who I've become friends with over the years. He was down at the factory where they're building the car, and he takes a picture, you know, multiple pictures of my cars. He says, they're building your car. I'm over here in paint with it right now. And literally, they had painted it, and they were, like, polishing it, buffing it out, just like you would see in a detail shop. They hand-polish these things. They're pretty much hand-built. Yeah. Of course, they don't build them anymore. But, uh, yeah, a fabulous machine. A really, a street-legal race car is what they is. What they is. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. All right, we'll take another break. I want to ask you about the car culture in Florida. A lot of people are going to Florida. And uh, the weather. Well, you nice. just uh, you just gave us two stories right there. People going to Florida. That's exactly right. And, All right, and there's a reason for it. And I'll tell you when we come back. Perfect. Talking to Dick Messer. This is the drive. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. 
is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Dodge Domestic, not domesticated. We were talking about my Dodge Viper I had. My God, that was a fantastic car. And, uh, you know, I, I miss it. I will admit. You know, Dick Messer joining us. You know what, Dick? What I miss most about the cars that I've had is that I don't have them. You know, the, the Asian folks say that the emotion of the desire to have something is greater than the emotion of actually having it. So I feel like that, you know, me getting rid of my cars, you getting rid of a few of your cars. Now, don't you miss some of those cars you've gotten rid of? I miss them all. Yeah, I, wouldn't, right. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have them if I, I didn't want them in the first place. <laughs> right. Some of these were my, my you know, you know the, the, the thing about this situation is you never think about the getting rid of. Right. You're always thinking about the get them. And you get them and you have them and, you, you know, you look at them and they got them in the garage and, and there's upkeep, there's licensing, there's insurance, uh, there's maintenance yeah. and all that. And, right. and it becomes work. You know, you have a bunch of cars, you have the cars that you dreamed about having all your life. And I've had most of the cars I've dreamed of having all my life. And uh, and it's work. It, it's really to keep track of it all and keep all licensed and insured. And all that, it, yeah. it gets it gets expensive, and it's a lot of work. So well, you, you let them go. Uh, but so, letting them go is a lot harder than it is to buy them. Agreed. It is, because it, there's a super deep emotional connection that you have to cars when you've owned them that long. But right. it, what's even worse is I went to put the cover on this Mustang while I had it. You know, it comes with a, Shelby comes with a car cover that's from Shelby, and it's really nice, and but I might as well have a giant block of balsa wood under that cover if I can't see the car. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. I yeah, want to see true. that car. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to see a stupid cover as much as I like the cover. But then yeah. I got a car from my dad when he passed away, and it's a, a 2002 Thunderbird. You know, the, the kind of the newer yeah. Thunderbird. Yeah, and yeah, I like them. And it's I go, yeah, really a nice car. And I, I looked at it, and it was like at 28,000 miles, and it's 2002, so that's like nice low miles. And I looked, and I'm like, brand new tires. God, oh, that's awesome, brand new tires. So when I first got it running, of course, the battery was dead as a doornail. I got it running. I started driving. It's like, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, what in, what the... The tires from not being moved for like two years yeah. were completely yeah. flattened, and uh, flat spotted. Yeah, and it's like, and so yeah, that's the most irritating thing in the world. And then of course, you know, seals go out, so the air conditioning didn't work. I mean, it worked, but it didn't blow cold. If you know what I mean, it was. It's just the seals went out, and then the fluids leak out because they're under pressure. And like you said, to have them sit, they sit there and deteriorate. So. Um, I'm now at that place where I keep a car a year and I move it on to the next person. And uh, I, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. I've, I've gotten used to it. It's not like my wife or kids. You know, I keep them. Although we decided, me and my wife decided we didn't want to have kids. So we're going to tell them tonight, actually, at dinner. <laughs> I just saw that on, on the internet. Anyway, Florida. We were going to talk about Florida, the car culture in Florida. You come from Los Angeles, kind of born and raised in Los Angeles. Now you're living in Jacksonville. Right. And you're telling me that right. it's kind of the same type of culture in Florida that is in California. Better. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Better. Them are big words, Dick Messer. It's, it's easier to drive here. Wow. Uh, the reason it's become a hotbed for collector cars is the taxes. Mm. You know, here here in Florida, 
you have no state income tax, which is very helpful. And then your registrations are nothing. I mean, they're, they're, they're compared to California. Right. I still have cows and cars in California. I still have my home in California, and, and I've got about the 10 cars in my garage there. And uh, <laughs> the registration on some of these cars, Terrible. I can do all my cars here in Florida, what that one registration is in California. Right. It's ridiculous. Well, and you bring so- a car to Florida, and, you, and you, you go to the DMV, and they license you up, no problem. They got two-year licenses, so you can, you can go for two years. And a two-year license on some of these collector cars is about one-tenth what the price of one car is in, in uh, Los Angeles, in mm. California. It's mm. ridiculous. So you got a lot of cars. And you get a, lo- a lot of executives are retiring and coming to Florida. Right. The income tax situation. Right, right. So they're coming here. They're building museums. They're building uh, uh, buildings where they can keep their cars in collection. You know, a lot of Ferraris and, and uh, Maseratis and stuff like that around. It's crazy. Mm. And... Uh, well, Porsches. so the question I have is real estate prices going up like crazy, like everywhere else people are moving to. It is. Florida right now, particularly northeastern Florida, is where I am, northeastern Florida. And then you get into Georgia. You've got a, a building boom going on. It's just like California in the 60s. And I tell the people here that. I said, you know, they, they don't have the infrastructure on the roads to support the building of the houses they're building. Mm. And the way they do it in Florida, they do it in clumps. They do like 300 houses at a time. Oh, Crazy. <laughs> and the roads leading up to those those houses uh, get jammed. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I came here 11 years ago, and we had no traffic. I used to tell my buddies in, in Los Angeles, I'd call them back and say, I've never been in a traffic jam here the whole time I've been here. Now it's changed. It's, well, uh, you can you can feel the people coming in. Yeah, but they're bringing their collector cars with them, and and there's a lot of great shows here in Florida going on all the time. Well, also though, would you and knowing that you still own property in California, would you take California over Florida or Florida over California? You've already told me because you're living in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I'm living eighty percent of the time in in, in uh, Florida, and then we got caught with the uh, the uh, COVID uh, and pandemic and right. and uh i i haven't been doing much traveling but i still have my home in california yeah i've got most of my yeah. my family's there and my granddaughters are there and uh you know there's a lot lot to do in 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 uh in california it's sure. just the travel no i get Going it from east coast to west coast is hard right now i remember when you used so. to drive with your with your little dog do you still have little peaches yep yeah. No, oh Peaches my. passed away. Oh, okay. 22 years old. I was Peaches is a little Pomeranian. <laughs> right. He passed away. I remember seeing uh, you in uh, the uh, newspaper with that dog on your lap in your car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The front page of the LA Times one right. time, that dog sitting on my lap as you drive around. Oh, they, they, were making a, they were making a law that you couldn't have your dogs uh, sitting on your lap. <laughs> and everybody had their little dogs sitting in their lap when you drove around. Oh, uh, well, but, you uh, know. That today. When you're uh, two dogs here. And they're, they're too big to sit on my lap. Yeah, well, that little dog probably weighed four pounds total soaking right, wet. So. Right. All right, let's take a break and talk a little bit more about what's going on in the car business. Uh, we're doing a whole hour with my friend Dick Messer. It's been way too long. We're catching up in real time, and a lot of you folks remember this guy because he's been on the show for 20-some-odd years. This is The Drive. Yeah. That's right. We'll be right back with more. Stay with us. When you 
think Subaru, you think love. The 2021 Subaru Outback will make you fall in love with its state-of-the-art safety features, a spacious and comfortable interior, and convenient amenities, all ready for any adventure. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, plus up to 33 miles per gallon, 8.7 inches of ground clearance, X-Mode with hill descent control, and a direct-injected turbocharged Subaru Boxer engine will make you love every adventure in your Outback. Love, it's what makes Subaru, Subaru. EPA estimated highway fuel economy for 2021 Subaru Outback non-turbo models. Actual mileage may vary. Turbocharged engine, 11.6-inch touchscreen available on select models. So our show is brought to you also in part by Auto Tempest. All the cars, one search. Um, And I don't know, I should just tell Dick Messer about this. So, Dick, we have a relatively new sponsor called Auto Tempest. And what they do with their powerful online search engine, you can simultaneously search all the car sites like Carvana, Auto Trader, eBay Motors, True Car, Cars and Bids, many other ones, even Craigslist. And so if you're looking for a specific car, like, you know, uh, whether it's the, um, what is that Viper-powered Dodge truck you have? What is that? What year is that? Yeah, SRT10, 2005. Okay, so let's just say you want a 2005 SRT10, which means it's got a 10-cylinder Viper engine in it, and you do a search. I I got mine modified, 565 horsepower. Oh, my gosh. And you do a search on Auto Tempest. It'll bring up all the different websites instead of you having to go individually over to Auto Trader or over to, you know, True Cars or eBay Motors or, you know, Craigslist. It just searches them all. So if there's another, you know, one of your trucks or two or three of them out there, one search, all the cars, autotempest.com. It's a great resource. Time-saving maniac. I mean, if you're if you're just even what I use it for real quickly is if I want to know what the value of a certain car is, because somebody calls and says, hey, Alan, what do you think about this XYZ car? I put it in there, and I go, well, depends on where you live, because they're a little cheaper out east, or maybe they're a little more money out east. But, the, you know, the cars are worth ten, twelve thousand. 12000 the high is fifteen. I can almost do my own market research in, like, one minute, just putting it in over at autotempest.com. So just auto tempest, auto tempest.com. This is great for you because as you're selling off some of your cars, but I do need to get yeah. a list of list of cars before you do it. Speaking of looking for cars and things that are going on in our world today, what does Dick Messer think about the, the advent of the electric car that is now starting to dominate the news? I guess that's the best way to say it. You know, the whole whole thing that's holding the electric car back long-term is the infrastructure to support the electric car. Right. They figured out that uh, having an electric car, if you live in a neighborhood where you have an electric car and your neighbor has an electric car and another person has an electric car down the block, that's it. You can only have three electric cars on a circuit the way things are done today, the way the infrastructure is. And that's it. And that's going to limit the growth of the electric car tremendously. Ooh, boy. The infrastructure to put the electricity into the car. I imagine that uh, depends on where you live. But now, let me ask you this. You're from California. You, you know you know about the rolling brownouts and all that of the, the power yeah, problems yeah. and the grid. Yeah. Now, you had, as I remember, a natural gas Honda Civic 
Do you still have that car? I still have the car. Oh I still gosh. have the car. He sells yeah, the Z car and keeps the natural gas Civic. <laughs> well, oh. that that one, speaking of sitting around, you can let that car sit around and nothing's going to happen. It's got natural gas. It doesn't have the, the pollutants in it that, uh, right. you know, the other natural natural cars have. Right. And uh, regular you gas. Know, it's not engine. worth anything. It's, it's 2006. Yeah. And uh, it's got about 100,000 miles on it. had no problems with it. Natural gas-powered Honda. That's hot. But the reason I bought that car is you could drive in the carpool lane. Right. In restricted lanes with natural gas. Right. Because it didn't pollute. Right. And uh, that, that was what that was all about. But that, it was, that, it was not true today. It was also, so, I remember your problem was you kind of had to know where you could fuel that thing. That's the infrastructure we're talking about. Right? Well, that's true. Yeah. That's right. Hmm. And you, it's the same way with electric cars. People think they can get an electric car and they can just drive someplace and plug it in and get it charged. It doesn't work that way. And uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a ten to fifteen year period where there's going to be an adoption to the electric car. They're definitely coming. There's no question about it. Yeah. Electric cars are, are more convenient. Uh, the people that I know that have the Teslas love them. Yep. And uh, you know they're going to do well with the electric car, but it's going to take a while to get the thing cranked well, up. The funny and thing then you is, got the charging right. The charging problem. The funny thing is, the car itself is not the issue. The issue is, like you said, the infrastructure. The cars are great. Yeah. You know, knowing where you can, you know, I was going to say refuel or recharge is something you have to be conscious of. But because of the smartphones and all that, and even these cars that are, you know, smart cars, there is a brand called Smart Car, but these cars are so smart. For example, any of the newer cars, when your reserve light comes on for gasoline, it says, do you want me to find the closest gas station to you? And if you just answer yes, it'll navigate you to the closest gas station. That's going to be the same situation with all these new cars, I'm sure. But it's still oh, definitely. it's still an issue that you have to think about. And if there's rolling brownouts in California, the news the other day, we've talked about it on the show, is the fact that you know they would say, don't charge your car after 5 p.m., and before 9 p.m., because that's when everybody goes home, turns the air conditionings on, TVs or stoves and all these different, you know, electrical things. And then it causes a, a power grid problem. I don't want to have that issue. I think the ultimate well, that's, that's fix for that is hybrid. It could overload the system pretty quickly. That's exactly and, right. And, uh, you know, there's range anxiety. That's right. the other thing. That's, that was true with the uh, natural gas powered car. You had range anxiety. What happens is in the long term, and you get used to it. You get used to it. You, you can feel in your self you drive around that when you get to the, about the 225 mile mark, you better find yourself a natural gas station. Yeah, well, uh, I got to tell you something. Miles is about the range of that car. Normally, and, uh, 250 miles is about as far as my bladder will go anyway. All right, we're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> we're talking with Dick Messer. One more segment, a whole hour with the mighty Dick Messer. Stay with us. Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car? Not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars 
one search. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Thanks, guy with a big voice. Uh, our show brought to you in part by Subaru. Go where love takes you. Subaru. Uh, Dick Messer, <laughs> in the commercial breaks, I swear to you. <laughs> you are so funny, Dick. So I asked him, I go, you watching the Olympics? I go, I, I'm, not, I'm not even watching. I don't even care. <laughs> he starts telling me about ping pong at the Olympics. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. No, the coverage is terrible, and it's boring, and, uh, you know, we're being upset all over the place. Oh, yeah. We lost a basketball game to France. Oh, my gosh. I mean, gosh. come on. Right. You know, first time that basketball's lost in, since 2004, right. and it was to France. Everybody's getting all excited about that. Who the hell cares? <laughs> at the end of the day, you look at the gold and the silvers and the bronzes and you know, who really cares? Yeah, well, it's crazy. It, it used to mean something. Somehow, you know, standing up and, and uh, competing for your country just doesn't seem to mean anything anymore in this kind of woke world that we're living in. It's really sad. It, to me, is Stadium really sports sad. Stadium sports are, are, is suffering. Yeah. And the NFL is going to suffer this year with their deal, with all the BS going on with those guys. Yeah, NBA, too. And, yeah. and uh, Major League Baseball. Yep. You watch a baseball game lately? No, I don't watch no, any of them anymore. I've literally, I'd, I'd rather go out and work on my cars, anything, you know, anything yeah. other than watching yep. that. So, yeah. um, no, but you, you, you made a good point. As a matter of fact, um, tomorrow I am going to New York to be on um, live with uh, Kelly and Ryan. Kelly will be on vacation, but Ryan will be there and, and another co-host. And uh, it'll air a little later on down because of the, uh, the fact that the New York Auto Show is coming a little late this year. It's like mid-August, and um, right. so we're, we, we want to promote the New York Auto Show, but the auto shows, they, you know, they didn't do any auto shows up until just recently with the Chicago Auto Show was the first big, you know, real, you know, new car auto show, and so I personally can't wait. I, I'm, I'm like uh, homesick kind of from the auto shows. I spend so much time in those places, you know? They're going to do well. Those auto shows are going to do well. People want to come and see and look and right. be able to... to cut some merchandise and, and, and talk about the cars on at the show. Yeah. And you don't get that when you go to a dealer. No. You I get well, then that's the problem. Yeah. The hustle. That is the biggest problem that people don't like going to dealerships. And that's why these online auction sites and things like this, people are buying cars and then just picking them up at the dealer. They're, they're ordering them, doing all the work online, which is good. At the end of the day, it's good that you can order a brand new vehicle and not have to go through the, the air quotes, the hustle, and uh, get your price from the manufacturer. Because if you order a car... It'll spit out the price, and if they have any rebates, if you're trading in a car, of course, you can even get online trade-in values now. From uh, yeah, trying to think who does that, but they'll and you know car dealers, they're trying to buy used cars off the street because their inventories are so low. So yeah, that's true. It's kind of a brave new world out there. They well, have used cars selling now, Alan, that are two years old. They're selling for the same they sold for. Two years ago. Yeah, it's they weird. The used car, it's the same same as a sticker. You want to hear something funny? Uh, a, a guy I know, he uh, was driving to Florida, actually. Uh, I probably should have had him come visit you. And his truck broke down in Tennessee or something like that. And it needed, it needed a new engine, basically. The engine failed. He goes in there and they said, well, we'll give you a good trade-in. We can go ahead and you know take your truck as is. We'll put a new engine in it. 
And so he bought a, a new GMC crew cab four-wheel drive dually for like 60,000 bucks, right? Evidently, there's a little cheaper in yeah. Tennessee or something, or maybe he was yeah, know, somewhere that, in the... Good right? And so he brings it back home, and I just saw him just before the show here, and he says, uh, check this out. He goes, I'm going to make $10,000 selling this to the dealer. I went, what? He says, yeah, they offered me 10000 more than I paid for it brand new. I go, how many miles? He goes, 5,000 miles. I, go, I, I finished my vacation. He took like a month-long vacation. So it's like you can buy a brand new car if you go and buy it at the right place and get your money back, which is weird, or make money like in this guy's case. Well, the so. other problem you have, Alan, is you can't get the model you may want. Right. That's, that's another thing the dealers are, are, are dealing with now, that you, you want a certain thing. We were looking for a, a Pacifica van. We've yep. got two vans. Right. And with the dogs and all that, we wanted a, a new Pacifica van. We, we kind of like those. Yep. We had to go to North Carolina to find the car we wanted. Well, let we me tell you. find the one here in Florida. My daughter bought a Pacifica hybrid, the Pinnacle, which is a really nice one. And same thing. She could not find what she wanted, and she had to go to Los Angeles, believe it or not. A dealer in Los Angeles had it. But the dealership that, that she bought it from, they actually had it shipped. They had it shipped, and that's a rare thing anymore. Hey, Dick Messer, we're out of time. Yeah. Thank you. It has been fantastic. That's a whole hour with the mighty Dick Messer. Wow. <laughs> it's flying by. It has been. We'll do this again soon, Dick. Thank you very much for calling in today. Thank you. All right. Talk to you. We got another hour to go. This is The Drive. Hey, brother. Shopping for cars online is slow. Checking all those different sites one by one, Auto Tempest doesn't like slow. That's why we sponsor NASCAR driver Chris Busher in the number 17 Ford Mustang. It's also why we created a powerful search engine that will scour all the top car shopping sites, letting you search used car listings from across the internet in one search. Why waste time searching each site separately? Use Auto Tempest instead. Find all the cars. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, a very special guest today, probably one of my favorite guys. Matter of fact, no, he is my favorite guy that I get to interview, Brian Moody. I mean, I'm sorry, Carl Brower. That's what it was, Carl Brower. That's right. Oh, uh, I saw that one coming. I saw that one coming. <laughs> oh, boy, sorry. I know you and Brian used to work together, so I figured I'd give you a hard time. Anyway... <laughs> So Carl Brower, everybody, automotive industry analyst, Forbes Autos contributor. He's on the North American Car and Truck of the Year board, and he's a juror. He's an executive analyst for iccars.com, and he does a lot of stuff. That's all there is to it. Anyway, you can find him at, uh, I think, um, brianmoody.com. Oh, no, carlbrower.com. That's what it is. <laughs> I, I'm going to send this to Brian, too. He'll get a kick out of it. Anyway, Carl, how you been, brother? How you been? <laughs> I am good. I am good, sir. I'm uh, in the middle of one of life's biggest joys. No, no, not the birth of a child or graduation or wedding. I am. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, no, don't, don't. I, I hope I covered that up because I'm pretty sure 
you're finally going to have sex? Is that what you're telling me? Congratulations, Carl. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, I, I think I'm doing that one wrong because it's not one of the finest things of life either. But no, no. I'm, uh, oh, boy, I'm you're in trouble. I'm moving. Oh, My oh. whole family is getting uprooted and moved. Oh, that is too funny. I'm in a rare mood. Be careful. I just spent an hour with Dick Messer. Okay. Now, Carl, by the way, as he's drinking a big bucket of ice, I can hear in the background. It's hot outside. Come on. Anyway, uh, I've been moving. I've been lifting crap. Right. Up, you, know? you know, let me just tell you a story about this because I have headphones on, so I hear you breathe. I hear how many hairs are in your nose, just so you know, when you have good headphones. <laughs> so I went and I did an interview with Jay Leno about oh, um, probably 20 years ago. And he says to me, uh, when I called him, he goes, Yeah, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Yeah. So anyway, he says, uh, Where do you want to do it? And I go, Well, I, what's convenient for you? He says, You know what? All right, come on down to the uh, the comedy club. Come on, yeah. You want to see the? Uh, you can come on, eat dinner with me, and we'll we'll do, do the interview, and uh, we'll do the comedy club. And I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. So the Hermosa Beach Comedy Club went down there, and uh, it was fun. But it was funny because while he's eating dinner, he's like, well, let's do the interview now. And I'm like, well, you're eating. He goes, that's ah, okay. It'll be fun. So he had a big glass with ice, and every time I would ask him a question, and he would take his glass of ice, and he would take a big drink before, and you hear the clack, clack, clack of all the ice, and, he, and then he would chew on a piece for a minute, and I think he was doing it literally to mess with me, you know, because here I am, we got microphones in front of us, and I'm like, Jay's taking a drink, he's swallowing, and I'm, I was like, play by play, right? It was so fun. I got to dig that up. Jay Leno, though, he's just so funny. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so you have... I, I believe every word of it. Yeah, right? We both know Jay well enough to know exactly he would do that, of course. You know what? That's, and to me, it, he's just very authentically funny. And it's because he's yep. just unafraid to do stuff like that. Speaking of right. unafraid, Elon Musk. Uh, I know you have some information on Tesla's earnings. Uh, what do you got? Well, you know, they, they knocked it out of the park, right? They, they had over a million dollars in... Uh, uh, sorry, a billion dollars in profit. Oh, I was going to say over a million dollars in profit. Wow, they made a million. Hey, <laughs> for a long time, Alan, it was a big. It would have been a big deal if he'd have had a million dollars in profit during <laughs> right. a quarter. So, right. uh, but now he's in, he's hitting the the B word uh, wow. per quarter, that's and that's good. the best one yet. He's hit over a million, and it's you know worth celebrating on multiple levels. First, it's a big number. Second, it's a number that doesn't represent nothing but credit. You know, then he was profitable. Ah. He started being profitable a couple of years ago. Well, wait, he wait, was only wait, profitable wait. because of the credits. I was going to say, we got to talk about those credits because he's talking about the carbon credits that he was kind of yeah. trading in, and that's why he had some profitability. So you're saying this is over and above any of that garbage? Well, I'm saying, like, I, there were hundreds, there was a couple hundred million of that, but he Ooh. made a billion dollars. So he'd okay. have been profitable even without the credits. I got you. He used to right. never, you know, so for years he wasn't profitable under any circumstances. Then for a couple of years, he was profitable, but only because he could get all these credits because he makes no internal combustion engine vehicles. So right. he gets all the credits handed to him by the government versus, how, you know, compared to how many cars right. he sells. Right. And then he resells those to car companies like BMW and Ford and GM <laughs> and all who need them to offset their internal combustion engines. You know what? Now he can make profit without selling them. You got to admit, that is just creative financing that's all there is to it all right don't go anywhere uh brian moody joining us today i mean carl brower oh my gosh my favorite interview brian i mean carl brower <laughs> we'll take a break <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a good thing you're my friend, because otherwise you'd never forgive me. It, it is the drive. Stay with us. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. See? 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 I know this song. I'm good at this stuff, man. Who who else could do that, Carl? Not many people. Not many. I got this musical thing, right? It is the drive. We're talking cars. (laughs) What? This will always this will always be the Pulp Fiction song to me, you know. I I hate that movie with this song, and that's not a bad thing. I like like (laughs) the song and the movie. Oh, that's too funny. Okay, so we were talking about Tesla and their earnings, and they're doing pretty good, and people are pretty happy with the cars. They haven't really been in the news all that much lately, other than you know, I don't know, a fire here and a something there, and but I mean, man, for a couple of years they were the news. I think it's kind of a kind of a good thing for them. I think they're becoming a real car company. Go ahead. I think we're at an incredibly interesting kind of juncture in their history, Alan. I mean, you've got a couple of years of profitability now, and now there's all these rumblings about you know Elon essentially admitting that he's not going to be the uh, CEO anymore. He's going to be like the chairman, and he's going to basically. And that's what everyone's you know, like. Well, what's that mean? And all well. We'll see what it means in reality, because I've seen plenty of high-performing alpha males in my life who claimed they were going to take a step back from managing a business verbally, and the level of actual step back functionally was essentially nil. They were as involved as ever. But in theory, he could and will potentially be less involved day-to-day and be less of like the hands-on leader that he's been at Tesla for you know, 12, 15 years, whatever. And I think it all makes a lot of sense when I think about it, right? First, there was like the SEC thing and all that he got in trouble because of what he said a couple of years ago. And so this is kind of part of that. Also, he's put the company in a two-year, eight-quarter straight profitable mode. So he can do that. You know, it's kind of like what, you, what the presidents always want to claim. You know, I left the country better than I found it or I had it in a good trajectory before I stepped away. He can make that claim about Tesla now. Right. And at the same time, there's there's other things that are interesting, too. You know, the... Without actually saying it, but kind of indicating through things that he did or didn't say, for instance, the Cybertruck now seems like it's highly questionable. Is that going to even happen? And if so, how long is it going to be? And where is it going to be built is even in question. It was going to be, of course, in Texas, where the company moved to, and Texas is truck country. So I feel like we're in a massive kind of transitional period for Tesla, but not in a, we got to do something, the, you know, the house is on fire, more like things are going well now's the time to kind of think of the next, I think we're really entering the next stage of Tesla, like you just said, Alan. They've now officially kind of become, between their volume of sales globally and their profitability, a real automaker. So now it's like, okay, it's time to not just be trying to become a real automaker anymore. That's happened. What's right, next? Right. And I think that's what we're going to see in the next year. Well, I've said for a long time, I don't think that Cybertruck is the Cybertruck. I think it was a 
And you probably remember when Jay Mays from Ford Motor Company, the head of design, brought these little box cars out that looked like Yugos. They were little boxes. Mm -hmm. And he said, this isn't the design of the car. This is the box that the design is going to come in so we can talk to you about it or something to that effect. Don't look at the car. He said, let's talk about what's coming inside this box on wheels. And that's, to me, I, I, and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, because that was, gosh, 20 years ago or more, maybe 25. But this truck, he built it. It's probably a one-off. Maybe they built two of them. But I don't think that's actually what a cyber truck would look like because anybody that buys a truck, they don't want those big old high sides, you know, because that's absurd. You got to be able to get in through the side of the, you know, over the side of the truck. You know, I mean, it's like it doesn't make any sense. So I've been saying that forever. Yeah. So is that the truck? I don't think so. And now you're saying they may never build that. But I, I think they will at some point. Like, look at the Lightning from Ford. It's an electric truck. It's brilliant because it is a, air quotes, truck, right? A usable truck. Yeah, 100%. And really impressive. And by the way, that's a whole other thing, too. I think that the F-150 Lightning, we've already seen hugely impressive as an EV truck that's coming. We know the Silverado is going to be EV. We know there's Hummers coming from GM. One of my big statements in the last few months has been that as impressive as a lot of these startups were, the Rivians and some of the other ones, the idea that they're going to come in and just start eating the traditional automaker's lunch, I think that's starting to be, you know, I don't know if that was ever really true, but now it's starting to be obvious that however much lunch they eat, it's going to be very tough eatings and tough for them to do it because the automakers, the traditional guys are not going to just hand over market share easily. They're going to fight for it. And I think if you're Elon Musk and you look at that lightning, I think what you say to yourself is, uh, yeah, we can go after that market, but Ford has owned that market for 40 years, literally the best-selling vehicle for over 40 years. And they clearly know how to transition what they've been doing for 40 years into the next evolution of an EV, given how impressive the lightning, the F-150 lightning looks. And so it, life for all the startups just got a lot harder or, or looks a lot harder to me today than it did a year ago because of how well the traditionals are starting to aggressively go into the EV field and doing it impressively. All right, let's talk more about EVs and things like that on this show. It's called The Drive, and we'll be right back with more with... Uh, uh, yeah, it's Carl. That's right. Carl Brower, my favorite guy to have. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> when you think Subaru, you think love. The 2021 Subaru Outback will make you fall in love with its state-of-the-art safety features, a spacious and comfortable interior, and convenient amenities, all ready for any adventure. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, plus up to 33 miles per gallon. 8.7 inches of ground clearance, X-Mode with hill descent control, and a direct-injected turbocharged Subaru Boxer engine will make you love every adventure in your Outback. Love, it's what makes Subaru, Subaru. EPA estimated highway fuel economy for 2021 Subaru Outback non-turbo model. Actual mileage may vary. Turbocharged engine, 11.6-inch touchscreen available on select models. back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Our show brought to you in part by Subaru, and the, their slogan is, give me all your loving. I mean, no, that's uh, ZZ Top in the background there. Uh, their slow is, slogan is, love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Give me all your loving. This is ZZ Top in the background. Sadly, uh, here to report to you that uh, in the last couple days, if you didn't hear, the bass player you hear in the background here... Uh, Dusty Hill, he died at 72 years old in his sleep. Uh, 
Godspeed, Dusty. Uh, I did a show with Billy Gibbons for uh, about a year in 2000. I think it was 2007. Carl Brower joining us. Perhaps one of the funnest years of my life. I'm telling you what. Every time we'd go into the show, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top would come in and there'd be somebody with him. And I look at the guy and I'm like, I know that guy from somewhere. And uh, Billy would go, how you doing? And I'm like, good. Who is this guy? And he goes, you don't know who that is? And I'm like, no. That's D. White. Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam. Oh, Dwight Yoakam. I go, you were in Sling Blade. He goes, yeah, I, I do a little singing too. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's right. That's right. Anyway, it's like I never knew who he's going to bring in. He brought an African king one time, somebody he met in Africa. And it was like there was like the king and then like 12 other people that were there, support people to the king of this African village, whatever. And the reason why Billy Gibbons brought him, in order to tell you the story because of this ZZ Top news, he brought him because have you ever seen that strange little skull cap he wears? You ever seen that thing? Yeah. Right? He wears it because he's, he doesn't have a lot of hair on top, but he's got kind of longer hair in the back. But he wears it because, of course, of that particular reason I just told you, but he always wears it. And so he brought the king in and he told the story of he always used to wear a cowboy hat. But there was times when you just couldn't wear a cowboy hat, but you could wear this little skull cap. And so he traded his cowboy hat for that strange looking, weird looking little thing that he put on his head, that little weird skull cap to that king in Africa. And he had been wearing it ever since, like 20 years or something. And he has to make him one now, like every year or so. But anyway, yes, life as a rock star, right? But sadly, uh, Dusty Hill passed away in his sleep. Very sad. Okay, so the New York Auto Show is coming up. Are you going to go to the New York Auto Show, Carl? I was trying to fit that into my August schedule, which has gotten suddenly crazy. Yeah. All of a sudden, the world woke back up and decided to have car launches and auto shows again. Right. And so if I went to that show, I would literally be traveling for almost two weeks straight. Yeah. Uh, so I have decided to forgo the New York Auto Show this oh. year, much to my chagrin, because I'm yes. going to miss all the fun people I know I would see there, you being an example. But I, I will be at Pebble the week before, okay. and uh, hopefully I'll see at least some of those people there. Well, I'll see you at uh, Pebble Beach. So the New York Auto Show calls and says, uh, or not the New York, the ABC called me and they said, uh, can we do some stuff with you on electric cars? And I'm like, yeah, sure. What do you want to do? And they're like, well, we want you to talk about, you know, electric cars. And I go, I hate electric cars in the back of my head. Right. And then so she says, so, you know, what do you think of electric cars? And I'm like, my brain is, I hate electric cars. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, could you ask me to talk about anything else? But. I just thought, you know, I said, let me tell you my take on electric cars. I said, in the beginning, like Moses, in the beginning, electric cars were, you know, I used to call them golf carts and all kinds of stuff. And then they really got pretty good. Of course, we were just talking about Tesla and they're amazing machines, right? And I said, then they come out with the hybrid and then now they have the plug-in hybrid and it's kind of like a gateway drug to an electric car. It removes the range anxiety if you have an internal combustion engine and an electric motor. You just know you're not going to get stranded, right? So I kind of started warming up to electric cars a little bit. And then now Ford's coming out with this F-150 Lightning. And it's like, I think I could do that. And then inside of my brain, it goes, you're evil. You're evil. You know, it's like... (laughs) 
<laughs> because <laughs> I have said so many things about electric cars that I don't like. So I said to the lady, finally, I answered her question. That all happened in a flash of lightning. I said, you know, what people need to know is that today you can buy almost ready to be on sale is a vehicle called the Hummer, which is now made by GMC, all part of GM anyway, even Hummer was. And I said, it's going to have a thousand horsepower, thousand horsepower. I said, you know, that's amazing. Zero to 60. So they say in 3.5 seconds, my Viper did that. But that was a V10 fire breathing dragon. I said, so to me, as a real gearhead, I kind of like this performance part of this electric car thing. I'm liking it more. Obviously, when, when they showed Tesla racing demons, I remember thinking to myself, oh, that's sacrilegious, right? Because it's just, I don't hear anything coming out of that one, but you know, it's like the Jetsons. And then the other one's, you know, it's going crazy. But I feel like that they are finally, and I know I'm going to have to take a break. We're going to have to go another segment. They're finally coming into their own, these electric machines, if you know what I'm saying. When they made an F-150, an electric F-150, and it still looks like an F-150, but it's got a trunk in the front. They call it a frunk. And I thought, that could work. This whole thing could work now because it isn't some strange-looking bar of soap car. It's a real machine that will actually you can do something with besides going from point A to point B. Now you can work with it. You can take it to the job site and it'll run the job site for multiple people. It'll run your house for three days if the power goes. I mean, it's uh, now you got me, if you know what I'm saying. Don't go anywhere. Carl Brower's joining us. So, yeah, I think I have to talk about electric cars at the New York Auto Show. Ugh. 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 Up and down this road, up and down this road. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America and around the world. I make it known what I love and what I don't love. And I think if you heard the last segment, you heard me scream like a screaming meanie. And the reason was that I think I was making more noise than an electric car makes. That's what Carl told me in the break. Um, Carl Brower joining us. Uh, you can find him, well, all over the place. Forbes Autos contributor, but uh, executive analyst for iccars.com. iccars.com. It's brilliant. Go check it out and you'll go, what? Look at that. There's so many great places to shop for cars these days. Um, Carl, so electric cars. Give me your take on electric cars. I mean, am I, am I crazy? I mean, are things starting to actually make your eyebrows raise a little bit with electric cars? Both, of course. But, um, <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an undeniably forced fan of, of uh, electric cars, kind of like it sounds like you're becoming... Alan, and, and you know, you, you can not be a fan of a philosophically of what an EV is, 
but you have to acknowledge reality. One of my favorite mantras, Alan, you can hate reality, you can love reality. You're allowed to do either one of those. One thing you're not allowed to do, deny reality. You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> That's right. And uh, if you're looking at an electric car and you're looking at its capabilities, whether it's as a high-torque truck or a high-performance sports car, there are some capabilities there that are amazing and that you have much difficulty, if, if at all possible, recreating with an internal combustion engine. And, you know, I've said this for a long time, 15 years, that there is no silver bullet to our personal transportation challenges, but there are several bronze bullets that uh, add them up and they, and they, you know, they start to solve all our problems. So when I hear people say we should all drive electric cars, I get pretty annoyed. And when I hear people say every electric car sucks and they're terrible, I also get pretty annoyed. There is the right tool for the right job, as we've all heard. And in this case, electric cars are very appropriate in very specific circumstances. And internal combustion will still always have very specific advantages in other very specific circumstances. By the way, hydrogen is yet another one. Hydrogen is like the best answer in specific circumstances. They're fairly narrow. They really don't work in most circumstances. But in a couple, they blow internal combustion and EVs away. Hydrogen cars do. So if we can all acknowledge, you know, I sound like some kind of new age guru. No. We can all acknowledge that there's a special purpose for all these types of vehicles. Uh, then I think we'd be much better off than trying to act like, well, this is the way to go. It's like, yeah, that is absolutely the way to go in certain circumstances. You're 100% right. Yeah. You know what I realized? I was thinking while you were talking about the, you're talking about the tools and there's a different tool for every job and what have you. And I'm one of those super, super egotistical guys when it comes to my tools. Like my tools are my, they're like my, I don't even know how to say it. It's like when you, you know, the Holy Grail, that's my tools. And I like my tools kept really organized and I have a maximizer toolbox, which is made by Mac tools. It is about seven feet tall and 10 feet wide. It is a massive toolbox. I think it weighs probably two tons with full of tools. And my kids, now I have three boys and a girl, which means there's six boys and maybe nine boys in my shop at any given time if the kids are home because they're working on things and doing stuff. And there's my tools. And oh, my God, do I get upset when they don't put them exactly back in that little spot they were. But I have some weird tools. And when you said that about tools, I thought to myself, you know, you're right. Because I have a couple of drawers that I can open in my toolbox that have weird, you know, um, strange looking pliers and things to remove clip rings and, uh, you know, all just weird one-off tools that, boy, when you need them, you thank God that somebody actually manufactured that because it's the perfect tool. And so, you know... Yep. You got to have the right tool for the right job, like you said. And the reason why I'm so enamored with the Ford Lightning F-150 electric truck is because it's a real truck and it's got a real range is what they're telling us anyway, till we get one in our hands, we don't really know, but I got to think Ford's smart enough to do this right. And it's got a frunk, a lockable trunk in the front, which I think is brilliant. I've seen it. It's pretty good size. So you can actually put some tools in there, lock them up. It's got the ability to be the generator for your house. And all these things, I look at that and I go, the Swiss Army knife of trucks. There yep. it is. So yep. now, 
the thing is that I, I still feel that a plug-in hybrid version of that, which I really wish they would make, would be the ultimate thing with a small diesel engine even. I mean, I don't care. I don't care about horsepower at that point because the performance part of it would come out of the electric. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter what the generator yeah, well, is. Most of it. Most of the performance would come out of the electric, but the diesel would solve the other problem you brought up, which is the range anxiety. If right. you had even right. a moderately sized diesel, it could lend a hand on occasion when the electric motor wants even more torque, but the electric motor would do 80, 90% of it 90% of the time. And the battery runs out, you're still rolling. Yeah. You got, and, and, a, you know, a small, and even a small tank with a diesel that's properly geared and all that could get you two to 300 mile range on top of the 250 plus mile range the electric gives you. Exactly. See, if they were smart enough to go, let's make an electric truck. Remember the Volt, Chevrolet Volt, V-O-L-T Volt. They were smart because that was a plug-in extended range electric vehicle. The engine was only on there as a generator. It was an electric vehicle. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. And the problem is the automakers... They kind of they, they overlooked what they could do on a pickup truck by putting a small engine in there because, again, they can put it anywhere the heck they want because the fact is that it's only just a glorified generator, but it will charge enough to go a certain, like you said, range that eliminates that range anxiety. And if you do have a hurricane and three days is over, well, that engine will start up and continue being the generator. Which I, I just think, yep. you know, that would be, to me, the ultimate machine. I, we scratch our scabby heads and go, why don't they do that? Well, maybe hopefully someday well, we will. And it goes to what I said, Alan. I mean, I talk about how different types of cars are perfect in different situations. Well, when you can have one car with different types of drivetrains, it's right. like, okay, right. now you're starting to solve all of the You're exactly. starting to create that silver bullet exactly. in a single vehicle because exactly. you do have multiple drivetrains in one vehicle, and now you're widening all the circumstances that it can help you in. Absolutely. All right. I love it. See, we're getting somewhere. It's because of this show and, and me and Brian here. I mean, Carl we got to get a hold of Brian Moody. We're going to have to have Brian on with both of us and just have some fun. Brian Moody's one of our friends. Yeah. why we're playing around like that. Uh, Carl Brower joining us. ICcars.com is where you can find him. And the, the letter I, see like what you do with your eyeballs, ICcars.com. Check it out. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor. Brembo has been stopping champions on the track as well as drivers like you and me on the street for over 50 years. Whether it's UV-coated brake discs, low-dust premium ceramic brake pads, or high-temperature brake fluid, BremboStoreUSA.com is the place to go to buy genuine Brembo OE-equivalent replacement brake components. Go to BremboStoreUSA.com to help you achieve that 60 to 0 braking performance you deserve and expect from Brembo. Brembo, the choice of champions and consumers for over 50 years. What you're listening to there is My Heads in Mississippi from ZZ Top. Once again, Godspeed to Dusty Hill, who just passed away a couple days ago, died in his sleep. Man had a good life, I'm sure. Um, Carl Brower joining us, iccars.com. He's also on the board of uh, the North American Car and Truck and SUV of the Year, and he's a juror there. You can find him at ForbesAuto.com and Carl Brower, carlbrower.com, his name. And uh, we've been talking about electric cars and what have you. 
No, so there's another side to this whole thing, Carl. Carl, everybody, he's in the process of moving. He stopped. He was chewing on a big bucket of ice there for a minute trying to cool down. But out in his driveway, I do believe there's a big honking F-350 Ford sitting out there. Is it a diesel, Carl? It is. It's a diesel. makes all the right noises and gives you all the right uh, figures when you check things like uh, distance till empty and you see a nice, you know, 420, 440 miles on a full tank. It's like, yeah, now that's not range anxiety. That's, <laughs> that's range superiority. That's, that's range celebration right there. Well, especially when you're pulling a house down the road and it's like, holy mackerel, this thing's really doing doing well. You know, I drove one. It was the trimmer package. What package is that one? This one, it's a platinum uh, oh. or is it a limited. I think it's a limited. Sorry. It's loaded. Oh, the interior yeah. is like, you know, a Lincoln Navigator inside. Right. Either one, the platinum or the limited, they're both, that's, you know, way above XLT, which XLT used to be the top of the line. Then they added Eddie Bauer and then King Ranch and they got like 25 different variations, but Harley Davidson package. I don't even know if they do that anymore, but so the trimmer package was awesome. I drove it about a uh, thousand miles each way. All across the entire state of California, I pulled a trailer up to San Diego, and I picked up a tractor with a backhoe on the back, and I drove it back, and I got to tell you, I got such good fuel economy with a big old tractor on the back of that thing going 80 miles, and I was keeping up with this flow of traffic. You're not even supposed to go that fast, but it's like you get run over, so I just was going with the flow of traffic, and I was like, man, the fuel economy on this thing's really pretty good. I mean, it's like 18 miles to the gallon pulling a trailer. But I didn't even know it was there because these things are so well built. They're like military construction. You know what I mean? I love them. But but I got to say, you know, it's like they're $80,000. They better be that good. Yeah. You know? The sticker on mine, I remember because I made my wife guess. And, of course, she, she guessed too low. She said 60s and 87 is what mine cost. Yeah. But, but, you know, Alan, I mean, I I love that you have like this real world experience in like the most extreme case. I'm using it to literally, you know, move like big tower speakers and some (laughs) furniture between two houses that are three miles apart. So it's a little bit of a, of a sledgehammer to put in a, to put in a a thumbtack. But uh, (laughs) look at that situation though, that you're specifically describing big load, long distance hauling. Now, you can certainly get an electric vehicle that can haul and have a lot of torque. And you can certainly get an electric vehicle that will have, you know, increasing range. You're never going to get the kind of range, power, torque, and refuel time right. that that exact system and setup that you had, Alan. Right. You'll never get that out of an electric car, ever. Right. Because the best you're going to do is you're going to get the, the power and you may get uh, eventually to having that kind of range. Although remember, every time you add capacity, which usually means adding batteries, you're sucking up part of the truck's capacity to tow and haul with the weight of the batteries that are already in the truck. They're yeah. already sucking up, you know, every vehicle, you know, they have that gross vehicle weight, which essentially is what's the total amount of weight this vehicle can have, the weight of the vehicle plus whatever it's pulling, towing, hauling, whatever. And the more you make the, the vehicle weigh before you ever add anything, the less headroom you've got to add more things right so even a huge battery capacity that might get you 400 miles out of a truck which i'm sure we're going to get to eventually you know now if we can keep making the batteries smaller and lighter but still have good power density i mean who knows but it's hard for me to conceive a situation where you would drive across the state of california 
at the speed, power, <laughs> and like average rate of speed, not just because, remember, your average rate of speed is both how fast you're going and how long you've stopped when you need to stop, right. whether it's, right. you know, emptying yourself or filling the tank of the vehicle. Usually you do both <laughs> at the same time. So yeah, that's it. That's the silver bullet for that situation. A yeah. diesel truck like an F-250 or 350 is going to do that better than anything else right now. Well, and nothing hydrogen, nothing EV can come close. Let me just tell you, and I think you know me, but I'll expose myself a little bit here uh, to people. I am the guy that will drive from Oregon to San Diego, the entire length of the state of California. And then we call it basically, it's a road trip. That means yep. I'm going to get in the car, go do what I got to do, drive all the way there and all the way back. And I love driving yep. at night. So I said to my wife, I said, I've got to go to San Diego to pick up this tractor that I bought. You're going to go with me. And she's like, I don't want to go. I go, I need somebody to go or I will die. And she's like, all right, I'll go. I said, I'll drop you off and you can visit with our son and I'll go, I'll continue on. So I dropped her off in, in LA and she visited with our son for, I don't know, like eight hours while I continued on up to San Diego and then got the tractor and back, picked her up again. And then she had to drive for many hours. My wife. 100 and I don't know, 25 pounds, five foot, uh, probably seven, drove that massive truck with the tractor on it. I think she was going four hours between fuel breaks and stop and get something to drink. But she, I think she drove the next eight hours because I was a zombie in the other seat, curled up like a fetus. We'll be right back. This is the drive. <laughs> <laughs> tuned there's more of the drive with alan taylor on the road ahead now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful dodge vehicle with enough style horsepower and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true it's no wonder jd powered named dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Well, there you go. See, even ZZ Top talks about those road trips. Jesus left Chicago and he's bound for New Orleans. That's me and Carl. We get in the car and we go, or the truck, or whatever it is. Carl Brower joining us, iccars.com. He is their executive analyst. It's a great website. I suggest you check it out if you're looking for a car or you want to buy or sell or whatever. Go find out what the thing's worth. It's a fantastic resource. iccars.com. Carl, road trips. You got any great stories? Well, I just think it's funny to hear you describe the situation. I could, you know, you're, you and I are apparently the same person, I guess. <laughs> I'm all about getting the car and go. And, you know, if the car never ran out of gas and my bladder never ran out of capacity, I would not stop <laughs> till I'm at the next location. Those are the only two things that dictate any stops because otherwise I'm gone. I know. And I've driven between L.A. and Denver 
because I grew up in Golden, Colorado, right? So with all the reasons I've had to go between Los Angeles with going to college here, then going back and finishing college in Denver, then coming back here a few years later, working at Hot Rod, ending up where I am now. So I've driven between Denver and LA at least 40 times. That's an, uh, probably a, a pessimistic estimate there. And I think three or four of them I've stopped. And not because I wanted to or had to, but because there was, that was like part of the plan. Like we were supposed to stop in Las Vegas and one, and we were supposed to stop in St. George for something else. I had no desire to stop. It's just that was part of the plan. I'm all about that trip one shot through. And I love what you said about with your wife. I had to take a bunch of 4GT parts for my 05 4GT. Once I got approved for the new one, it was like, okay, I need money. And I had all these older 4GT parts that I bought as spares and I had not had to use them. And I had to get them to Detroit where two guys who work on 4GTs all the time live. And I agreed to price for all these parts, a bunch of parts for 0506 4GTs. And they were like, well, we'll take the parts, but we can't, we don't want them damaged. And how much is it going to cost? To get them? I said, you guys agree to this price. I get them there. Okay. I called my good friend, Mike Levine at Ford. And I said, Mike, I need a transit, a big giant transit. I'm going to do the ultimate Ford GT parts run and the ultimate Ford GT parts runner, also known as a Ford transit. He gave me the big 3,500 <laughs> uh, series Mac daddy diesel. I tried to get my brother. I tried to get my brother-in-law. No one else during the time frame that worked for me could do it. I looked at my wife and I said, well, I'm going from here to Detroit. I'm going from Los Angeles to Detroit in a big truck. It'd be great to have some help, but no one can help me. She's like, I'm not letting you do that by yourself. That's awesome. And we did LA to Denver, got up at 5 a.m. in LA, got to Denver at 8 p.m., got up the next morning, 5 a.m. out of Denver to South Bend, Indiana. By midnight, I was fried, by the way. I mean, I've done Denver to LA so many times. It was like, yeah, yeah, this is no big deal. But right. two days in a row like that and right. another, and it was even further to South Bend. Got up the next morning, did the final like three hours into Detroit audited the parts, transitioned them to the buyer, and then drove that thing to the vehicle handler for Ford in Detroit, and they shuttled Stacy and I to the airport, and off we flew back that night. So it was, you know, a 48-hour, uh, I guess 72-hour total bonsai parts run in a <laughs> transit. And uh, she and it was a good thing she went with me, because I was the second oh, day by the time yeah. I got to South Bend, I was so fried. Let me tell you, the one that I did was like that. I took my whole family with me, a wife and three kids, or was it four kids? Let me think about it. It was four kids. Because I was trying to think what year it was. My youngest is 21. Anyway, I uh, I called and I asked a uh, motorhome company if I could borrow a motorhome. And they said, yeah, yeah, sure. What are you going to do? And I said, well, it's the 60th anniversary of uh, Car and Driver. And I was working for Car and Driver. And they're doing it at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in uh, Indianapolis. And I, I got to drive there. And they go, okay, well, let's see what we can find. So they call me back and they go, okay, we got one for you in San Diego. And I go, San Diego? I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I Because I, I wanted to use it as the <laughs> green room, right? So I got my family, loaded them into the vehicle that I was driving. I can't even remember what it was. We drove through the night, because with four kids, through the night all the way Oregon, because I live in Southern Oregon, Oregon to San Diego. Everybody piled in the motorhome, and then, of course, card games and everything else. I continued driving all the way, all the way to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway by myself. Jeez. In other words, my wife didn't want to drive oh that 40-foot motorhome. And I got to tell you, man, that was one of the best trips. My kids had so much fun. They were bouncing off the walls. Uh, I was yelling at them and screaming, I kill you, you, you rat kids, I've got to, you know. I, <laughs> I will always cherish that trip. That, you know, that out, of, out of forced necessity, the fact there was a great, was great bonding with my wife. And, uh, you know, we had a great time. And I'll never forget that trip. And people can go to, if you do a search, Google search, just do, you know, Ford GT parts run or Carl Brower Forbes Ford GT parts run, something like that. It'll pop right up on Google. You can read all about it. It was a great trip. I'm still wanted in South Bend, Indiana, as a matter of fact. So don't, don't go looking up my road trip, but it's been 20 years ago. So I think we're clear by now. <laughs>
All right, Carl, thank you very much. ICcars.com and Forbes Auto Contributor and CarlBrower.com on the web. Um, have a great rest of your weekend. If I was closer to you, I'd help you move, but uh, sorry, buddy. It's all on you. <laughs> call me, man. Call me. All right. Godspeed to Dusty Hill from ZZ Top. We'll let him play out. I had a fine fox in front, I had three more in the back. They sporting short dresses, wearing spiky heel shoes. They smoking lucky strikes and wearing our love to go to bed. You need your when you think Subaru, you think love. The 2021 Subaru Outback will make you fall in love with its state-of-the-art safety features, a spacious and comfortable interior, and convenient amenities, all ready for any adventure. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, plus up to 33 miles per gallon, 8.7 inches of ground clearance, X-Mode with hill descent control, and a direct-injected turbocharged Subaru Boxer engine will make you love every adventure in your Outback. Love, it's what makes Subaru, Subaru. EPA estimated highway fuel economy for 2021 Subaru Outback non-turbo model. Actual mileage may vary. Turbocharged engine, 11.6-inch touchscreen available on select models.